Jesus loves me This I know For the Bible It tells me so Little ones To Him We belong They are weak But He Is strong Yes Jesus Loves me, yes, my Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me. loves me he who died heaven gate he's gonna open wide he has washed away all my sins and let this little child come on in. Yes, Jesus loves me. Welcome to the home going of Sharon Lynn Brown. Obviously, she's impacted your life in such a way that brings you here today. I told the family I'm kind of mad at my dad because he was the first choice to do this. 
And then I was mad at John Chippewa because he was the second choice. And he's in California. They picked me. That's not true. It's an honor and a privilege to be here today. This is a difficult time for me. Many of you know that uh, really Sharon and Milo Brown, if you knew Sharon and Milo Brown for any time of life, uh, you probably saw me irritate Aunt Sharon. Milo didn't care. But, man, I went everywhere with you guys. Well, I shouldn't say that. I never got to see the Rockies and out west, but it was probably one of the trips up to the Cherry uh, Hill Festival or whatever it was that uh, I think we... Kenny and I were riding in the back, and I don't know if Kelly was in the trailer, but uh, I think by the time we got there, we ate all the cherries and probably stained the mattress and made faces at a thousand cars that went by and embarrassed half the family. But what a blessing. Many years ago, my dad, when he was going through some tough times in ministry, recognized that his youngest boy was struggling with church people which I'm probably looking at some church people today. Church would be okay if it was for the people, right? <laughs> but anyways, my mom and dad at a young age, seriously very young age, Sharon Brown would just worry to death. If anybody knew Sharon Brown, she was a professional worrier, you could hire her. Uh, I think uh, grandma was that way, so she passed it along to her kids. My mom didn't worry a whole lot, but when Don married uh, Aunt Linda, I think we brought in another worrier. Aunt Linda's... Uh, She's pretty good. She might even be better than Sharon. I don't know. But, but nonetheless, uh, we were struggling at times in the ministry. And my mom and dad would take me. Now, I don't know if this is twofold. Maybe my parents didn't really love me. We were hoping I'd get robbed or mugged on a bus. But they would send me up north from Detroit on an Indian Trails bus at like the age of 8 and 9 and 10. And Sharon would be sitting at Green's Gas Station. Uh, wasn't that where it was? Green's Gas Station. Remember back in those, was it Snoko he had? Was it Snoko or what was it he had? He used to wear the hat and everything, Bill Green. And uh, Sharon would just be waiting. Well, I shouldn't say that. She was usually late. She wasn't waiting. <laughs> I forgot. I would, Bill Green would meet me. That's right. I forgot. She was always late. And Bill Green would take me inside to his place. You remember where Green's was, the, the gas station, and sit me down, give me a soda, and wait for Aunt Sharon. She'd come, I'm so sorry I was late. I, they probably took you away, and you didn't get off the bus. But Traveled up here all the time, rode motorcycles. Many of you we rode with. I was never any good. They just let me go around for the ride. But uh, we fished, we hunted. I was never going to get at that, and so they just kept me around. But honestly, really a second family. Milo, I can remember many times I thought about you as being my dad, really, seriously. You're just steadfast, immovable, very, very patient. And uh, Sharon, what a joy. Honestly, I could go on and on. Many of you could go on and on, how she impacted your life. And I can honestly tell you that uh, as I look around, I'm seeing some of the faces of some of the people that used to ride motorcycles with them and hang out with them and have a good time, and I wish we had time to all say something, but uh, we want to celebrate a life that was lived, not that somebody passed away. And, uh, but honestly, Sharon Brown was one of my biggest cheerleaders. Uh, a few years back, she called me, and God's honest truth, I said, I don't think so. She said, you need to get a hold of Jimmy Swagger. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? She goes, Tom, I'm just, I convinced you need to go work with him in the ministry. And I'm like, 
I love you, but you're nuts, man. I, yeah, I love Emily City. I'd say family is wonderful. You know, family that's here today, you got all kinds of different family members here. I love each and every one of you. Man, each and every one of you have just blessed me beyond, beyond my wildest dreams. Why? Impacting our lives just like Sharon Brown did in your life. There's people here today that came to know Christ because Sharon Brown went and picked up their kids, took them to church while God was working in their kids' lives. Mom and dad stayed home, and that's fine. But she loved picking the kids up, bringing them to church, and then she'd hound you for a little while, tell you to get to church. I think, honestly, I don't think Sharon Brown really realized how much of an impact she had in people's lives. But she loved her family. She loved her grandkids. She loved you. And I want to celebrate her life today. Sharon Brown, at the age of 77, of Emily City, Michigan, passed away Tuesday, July 25th, 2017, at Wellbridge of Romeo. What a beautiful place if you've ever been there. Great care. Sharon Lynn Hill was born July 10th, 1940, in Lapeer, Michigan. She was the daughter of the late Donald and the late Isabel Secord Hill. Sharon lived in Emily City her entire life. She attended Black's Corners School and is a 1958 graduate of Emily City High School. She married Milo Edward Brown, July 9, 1960, in Emily City, Michigan. Sharon was mostly, obviously, a homemaker, as many of you know, raising her family. For a few years, she was actually employed by Remax as a real estate agent. In fact, it was Sharon Brown that sold us the property that this church sits on today. Uh, she's a member of North Goodland Baptist Church. Sharon loved to spend time with her grandchildren. Uh, she was a Detroit Tiger fan and enjoyed watching them play. She liked garage sales, as many of you know. We could pause and have a three-point sermon on that <laughs> and a puppy dog story. In fact, the family was asking me, um, what about a headstone? And Wesley, I think, said, she probably already bought one. <laughs> I found it at a garage sale, you know, it wasn't, she, I don't know, maybe it had somebody's name on it. She was thinking she could get it off. I don't know, but I was encouraging to the people because I try to help people during a time like this. And um, I said, I'll be honest with you, I don't think you're going to find it. She probably has one while. It's yours now. I don't know what you're going to do with it, but it's somewhere in that barn. I don't know. It might be upstairs. She might have carried it upstairs when she was, she, I don't know. What a beautiful lady, but uh, love God sales um, and was, was a party planner. Boy, she could, she could do a party. Seriously, seriously. Many of you came to some of her parties. I mean, they were decorated, had wonderful time, food, fellowship. Uh, she's survived by her husband, Milo Brown, one daughter, Kelly, Steve Proctor of North Branch, one son, Kenneth and Sherry Brown of Dryden, Michigan, one brother, Donald and Linda Hill of Emily City, and five grandchildren, Wesley Proctor, Jeffrey Proctor, Matthew Proctor, Jackson Brown, and Sarah Brown. Sharon was preceded in death by her sister, my mother, Joanne, and my dad is deceased also, Golden Blount. I really do want to celebrate her life today. I'm going to do the best I can to allow Christ to use me, live his unbelievable resurrected life in me, through me, and with me, to and be an encouragement to you. I may say this again later, but 
I'm really not here for Sharon. She's fine. She's doing great. She's, uh, you know, sometimes in, in moments like these when you lose another loved one, um, my sister sits right over here to my left. I love her dearly, and we unfortunately have lost our parents at a young age and two older brothers. I just wonder, you know, what they've already done. You know, in heaven, there's no time. You know, you might say, I'm going to see Jesus first. Okay, I don't know. I think it'd be cool. I mean, that's the only reason why we get to do what we do anyways. But I'm, I'm kind of wondering if she's already, you know, told my mother a few things she needs to do or, you know, got after my dad because he wasn't here. And, but uh, she's doing fine. I'm here for you today. And I hope and pray that many of you know what I'm talking about, that you would pray today, that the Holy Spirit would move in all of our lives. Why? You know Christ is your Savior. You still need encouragement. I don't know how people face death without Jesus. I get it. you got a lot of religious beliefs that are in the room today. you got a lot of ideas in the room today, but there's only one way, and Jesus is the way. So I hope you see Jesus today high and lifted up. And with that, I'm going to bow in a word of prayer. Jeff's going to come sing. You pray for him as he sings. Jeff, you come on up, get ready, and let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for Sharon Brown. I want to thank you for such a wonderful life lived. And, Lord, I know I can speak for hours how she impacted my life in a great way. Encourage me time and time again. And so, Lord, I pray that her life would continue to have a wonderful impact in all of ours as we continue to trust you with all of what's going on here today. So let us celebrate her life and how she lived it, and let us see Jesus today and how we ought to live our lives, making the most of the time that we have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
You know, time seems to get away from us in our lives if we're not careful. Many of us would look at things within our lives and think that, oh man, I'm such and such an age and I didn't get to do this or I didn't get to do that. But I just want to encourage you today, God has a great plan for each and every one of your lives. And my hope and prayer is that when we leave here today, we would make the most of our time. And what we do have left, because the Bible says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We don't know what could take place from this moment right here when we exit, go to the graveside, and even come back here. Um, it's, it, many people just kind of gamble with their lives. The Word of God actually says, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Time is a gift. It's an unbelievable gift. It's absolutely a gift of grace, really, when you think about it. It's a gift to us from God, and many times in my own life we misuse it. We will misuse time, time again. And so within our lives, I believe that time is life and life is time, and people sometimes will say, well, hey, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm just wasting time. And when you think about that, I believe we're really throwing life away because when that second ticks off of that clock, it's gone forever. Can't get it back. A lot of times we live a life of regret realizing that when that time has already expired, what we did, we live in regret. Don't live in regret because you can live in the now. You can live in the now by the grace of God, empowered and enabled to do some things that he has called you to do and enabled you to do, really designed you to do. When he formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, the word of God says man became a living soul. Well, we were created to be normal, and to be created normal would be that he has created us to inhabit us, to live in us, through us, and with us. And so what we realize, if I was asked you a question, are you normal? Most of us say, well, I'm normal. Well, we realize some of you are not normal, myself included. I think there's a special place in heaven for Sharon Brown just putting up with me. But we say we're normal. The only way we're normal is when we allow the creator to live within us by grace, through faith, and live his life in us, through us, and with us. And so we realize when we sometimes throw away this time, we're actually, in some ways, squandering time is like incremental suicide. Second by second. Paul told the church at Ephesus to walk wisely. I mean, not all of us have made just great decisions throughout our lives. There's probably only a couple perfect people here, and you know who I'm talking to. 
It's usually somebody that does think that they're better than the rest, and it's a sad part, but we are, to, we are told by the grace of God to walk circumspectly. That's what he says. So then see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise. We've all done foolish things, but he's saying, hey, be wise. Watch how you walk. Watch how you live your life. It's okay to have fun. Man, I, this family here, I'm going to tell you what, I've had more fun with the Browns than I can imagine ever having fun in that way. We could still have fun. But, man, we went places. They went places. I'm talking all over the country they've been. Riding motorcycles, fishing, hunting. You just stick around today. Get a story from them. Beautiful family lived close, stayed close, always at each other's house. So to walk wise would also invite you today is to pray for the Brown family. Why? They're going to need you. Very close family. See, to do so, we need to make the most of our time. The Word of God actually says redeem the time. Redeem the time. So how can we invest our time wisely and make the most of it? I, I watched Sharon live her life. She enjoyed life. But boy, she tried to do a lot. And I really believe what I found in her life is this. Do the right things. Now, let's get one thing straight with all of us. There's nobody, I know I joked a little bit about, there's nobody here perfect. So I'm not saying Sharon Brown's perfect. But I will say this. I think she'd tell you today, do it right. Do the right thing. You say, why? Does it matter? Yeah, it matters. I look across the room today, it mattered. Why? You say, she impacted your life. She must have did something right. She impacted your life. You're here because the family. Sharon Brown has impacted your life. We cannot do everything we want to do, nor can we do everything others want us to do, but we can do something. We can do the right thing. See, God understands that. He didn't call you to be somebody else. In fact, he didn't call you to be Sharon. He called you to be you. Just do the right thing. God understands that we can't do everything. He wants us to do the best thing we actually can do. Just the best. In the Word of God... It was all boiled down to two commandments. Hey, what's the greatest commandment of all? You have 10, and I'm, they're hanging on the back wall if you want to look at them later. Uh, but what I'm saying is this. We've added commandments on top of commandments, law upon top of law. And, and some of you here today think that if you're obeying the law, you're, you're doing the right thing. Well, i got news for you. You cannot, in and of yourselves, do anything right. You can. I've learned over the past 12, 15 years in the study of the Word of God, it's by the grace of God we can do anything right. You can put all the law on it you want, but you'll die under the law. You can't keep the law. But Jesus was asked, and he boiled it down to two things. Listen to what he said. He says, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. God first. When God comes first, then the second thing actually takes place, and the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, and there is none other commandment greater than this. And I, I wanted, I, the reason why I said that is this, and these verses came to mind is, while I watched her live her life, many of you are here today because she impacted your life in the neighborhood or in the community. She loved people. I mean, there were some people that irritated her, don't get me wrong, I mean... She was either your biggest cheerleader or possibly your biggest judge. But it was on the basis, it was on the basis now, seriously, it was on the basis she really wanted the best for you. I don't think she was saying it because she thought she was better than you. She loved you and realized who she was, but I don't think she still saw the impact she made in people's lives. You say, why would you say that already twice? 
Because one of the things I want you to remember here today is, what are we going to do now with what she's left behind? Perhaps we could do something and follow up, leave a legacy of doing what's right. Love God first and love others. And by the way, you cannot love others until you receive the love of God. We love because he first loved us, period. He said, I love people. I don't love God. Well, you don't love people. You think you love people. You cannot possibly love in the true definition of what love is, and we don't have time to go into all that, until you receive God's unconditional love for you. And it's an amazing thing when you receive that love. She received it as a young girl. Many of you know probably some of the story of some of the hills. Some of the hills are here, and be careful if the hills are next to you. You want to check and make sure you got your wallet with you before you leave. <laughs> just, just kidding. I'm a hill. I'm going to leave with a lot of money. I'm just... But thank God my grandfather and two of his brothers came to know Christ. That's why some of us are here today. That's a legacy. All because of the grace of God impacted a man's life and two other boys' lives. And then boys were boys that like to have fun. Trinity Baptist Church is standing today. Why? Because those men got together and started, hey, let's get together. Let's see some people in this community saved. We can still do that. Listen, we're not on separate teams, by the way. If Christ is our focus, we're on the same team. Maybe at different churches, but we're on the same team. You say, I don't like the way the methods other people do it. It doesn't matter. If it's Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter the method. We are supposed to, as the book of Ephesians says, we're supposed to be in unity. Those boys were in unity. Saw a lot of things happen. Their kids grew up. A lot of us have grown up in the system, so to speak, in the ministry, so to speak. But I'm here to tell you, we're getting older. Man, I could remember going out to the pond when it was being dug, Milo. Kenny, I think Kenny wanted me to drown. I really do. <laughs> Honestly. Um, I don't know if Sharon told Kenny, hey, look, you got to get rid of the kid. I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> he embarrasses me. Uh, when he'd ride dirt bikes, I think Matthew's kind of taken after him, but... But my point is, we'd go to the gravel pits and ride, and he'd do things, and he's like, all right, you're next. And I'm like, dude, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. That's just dumb. You're a chicken, he'd say. I'm like, yeah, okay. I am. But I watched her impact people's lives time and time again, but we see things, and we see things in people's lives. We need to understand, do the right thing. We love people. Why? Because God has first loved us. So methods change, but what are we going to do? I could remember going to the pond, as I said, and we were, you know, kind of goofing around while the pond was being dug, and, you know, you get stuck in the pond. We were the kids, 10, 11, 12. Now we have kids that are older than that. And then we were just blessed yesterday, and I'm pretty sure Sharon was probably part of this. She said, you're not making Tom miss the birth of his new grandbaby Lauren, you better have that baby today. And so Lauren had her baby yesterday. Everything went good, and I'm here today. I'd have been here anyways, but my point is, now we're grandparents. We're getting older, folks. Tim and I, where's Tim? Tim and I were talking out here. Tim back here. Uh, Tim, when he's 100, I'll be 94. We're going to go golfing. <laughs> I told Tim today, I said, Tim, you look the same as you looked the day I met you. I mean, it just looks great. But we are getting older. Let's just face it. What are we going to do with the time we have? You know, some of you, we won't see next year. I'm not trying to scare you. We don't know what's going to happen, right? 
Sharon lived her life. And it needs to be lived out now for the glory of God, as I'll get to in a moment, with what? How she tried. She made mistakes through the kids, the grandkids. It'll be great grandkids. We do what's right. If we focus on these two areas, allowing God's love to live in us, through us, and with us, we'll love other people's. So we will be doing the right thing, but also do the right thing the right way. See, as Christians, I think we ought to do our very best and do all that we possibly can do for God and other people. Back in the Old Testament, it says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. So we do the right thing the right way, but also we ought to do the right thing the right way for the right reasons. I, know, I just never pictured when Sharon was doing things in, in, in and around my life or in and around your life, it was all about her. It wasn't that her light needed to shine brighter. She just wanted to have people over, have, let them have a good time. Pond was always open. You're always welcome. Doesn't matter if we're there. Shoot, the door was always unlocked. And some of you dishonest people, if you go over there now because the door's unlocked, I'm coming after you. <laughs> door's always unlocked. Keys were in the car. I don't know if that happens anymore. But my point is we do the right thing. Why? For the right reasons. And we need to make sure that we do it the right way for the right reasons. It says, whether therefore you eat, drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. It's all about Jesus, you see. He saved us to glorify himself. We no longer live for ourselves. He redeemed us by his precious shed blood. He purchased us, and we ought to allow his life to live in us, through us, and with us. Romans says, for of him and through him and to him all things, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, many people are wasting their lives. Don't waste your life. I don't believe she wasted her life. She impacted our lives in such a powerful way. It'll be forever within our lives. My mom and dad, we still see things that my mom and dad lived in us, through us, and with us come out. You know, remember you said, well, I would never do that. And then you do it with your kids. And you're like, oh, my goodness. I sound like my mother or I sound like my dad. There's sometimes you were saying, well, that's, that's what Sharon would do. Beautiful life. We're literally throwing our lives away when we waste it. Don't do that. Invest your life in the kingdom. Only one life, it will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So here's something I want to leave with you upon the basis of redeeming the time. And I mean this with all my heart. I knew this was coming to a close. We knew it. We didn't know when. I went down and seen Sharon at Wellbridge. She was having a tough time, and I had just decided for about the hour and a half to two hours I had, whether she was in and out of sleep, she was struggling, she couldn't hardly breathe. I just thought, you know what, I'm going to read to her. I found passage after passage after passage after passage, story after story after story about the wonderful grace of God and how God really does see us and view us in Christ. Because too many times all of us are so hard on ourselves and we condemn ourselves. We, wanna, we get to the point where we're feeling guilty and we're, we're feeling discouraged. That's not what Christ does. He never wants to remind you of what you've done. He wants to remind you of what he has completed in the finished work of the cross. And who you are in Christ. Because when God looks at you, if you are in Christ, he sees you robed in his son's righteousness. So I began to read. She'd fade in and out. Began to read and fade in and out. I'd look up and I think she'd sleep and I'd just pray with her again. And she was out. She was in and out, in and out. And then all of a sudden I realized the more I read to her about the grace of God and the more I encouraged her about her life and how she impacted mine and thanked her and I cried there and I prayed with her over and over again, she was wide awake. 
And I told her, I said, I want you to remember this. That he saved you because he loved you. Not based upon what you do or don't do. And he doesn't love you any less based upon what you do or never have done. He loves you just the way you are. I prayed again. I read some more. She stayed awake. And then finally she got tired. They had to come in and they were doing something. And I dismissed myself, prayed with her before I did, and walked out. There's no doubt in my mind, as long as I've been around the ministry, this is exactly what I believe. People who have passed on who know Christ want you to understand, and people who do not know Christ want you to understand this. Death is real. Oh, it's difficult because we loved her. We still love her. Death is real because, you see, there's a story in the Bible when there was one that was, had died, and Martha said unto Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. Understand this. It's difficult when people in our lives die. In my life, I've, I, honestly, I feel like I've lost way too many people already too early. But that's, I have to continue to entrust my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? He's got a great plan. He is sovereign. He knows all things. And he can work all things together for good to them who love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And that can be you. And it is you. But it's difficult. But it does bring us to a decision within our lives. You say, what? Well, you can reflect on, did she live or die? She lived. And she still lives. She lives more today than she's ever lived before. The Word of God says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for those who are in Christ. We reflect and we realize that, yes, life is short, but you could go on and on if we talk today, and many of you shared stories last night. One of the most beautiful things when I walked in, I seen a bunch of the hills over, and they're always sitting in a, in a, a circle. I don't know what that is. I, got, I haven't figured it out yet. I don't know if they were going to light a bonfire at the... Uh, <laughs> at the Muir Brothers funeral home last night, but that would have been really cool. And I'm pretty sure I know who would have lit it. And I will not, I'll just give you his initials, but Randy Hill would have lit it. Uh, but no, my point is, and then I talked to a few of them. They said, you know what? I really believe my dad would have loved to have been there just sitting there sharing with you all. What a beautiful family. What a beautiful testimony. They said, yeah, your dad was here in spirit. Same thing. You can actually decide today how you're going to remember her. Oh, I lost her. She's gone. You know, how about all those wonderful things that she impacted you in your life with, encouraged you, cheered you on, told you you could do it? Yes, death is difficult, but it brings us to a decision where we absolutely reflect and realize life is short, and the reality is we all will die. What we do with Jesus is the main thing. At a young age, my mom came to know the Lord at a young age when they saw that their dad knew Jesus. They wanted the same thing. The Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, and I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. My ministry today, as I told you, is not for Sharon Brown. It's for you. 
I want to comfort you with these words because later on in that conversation when he said, I'm going to go, but I'm coming back. And here's what one of the disciples said. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father, that means the heavenly abode, unto the Father but by me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I don't know if you know Jesus today, but one of the greatest testimonies that you could ever give from this day, from this life lived, is that because here today, July 26, 2017, at about 12.09, you said, I need Jesus. Because it's the Holy Spirit that's been working in your life anyways, he knew you'd be here. He's calling you now. And so my prayer today, in just a moment, when I close in a word of prayer, is that you would right there where you're seated, just call on the name of the Lord. Just admit it. Admit you're a sinner. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess with your mouth whatever the Holy Spirit works in your life. You call upon him and you just tell him, save me. I want to trust you today. Save me. Come into my heart and save me. Forgive me of my sin. Whatever. It's not a secret prayer. It's you turning to God and trusting him. I, I'm going to miss her. You're going to miss her. But what are we going to do today? She would not want you to quit living. She would want you to live your life, as David Jeremiah said in a book I read years ago, live your life wide open. Be the person God created you to be. Trust him. Live your life wide open. To the Proctor boys, she loved you. That's not a guilt thing to tell you you need to live for Jesus. She just wants you to be happy trusting Jesus. What you do with your life is a reflection of what she did with hers. Steve and Kelly continue to trust Jesus. Milo, man, she loved you. Just keep trusting Jesus. Kenny and Sherry, Jackson, Sarah, man, did she love you guys. She's so proud of you guys. I tell you honestly, she was telling me that, hey, oh, we're all going away on, on, for my birthday. This is uh, God's honest truth. I tell you, man, I, I, I swear I was adopted because my mom and dad, I don't think they really loved me. But <laughs> honestly, next thing I know, she's telling Judy and I, where are you at, babe? She tells Judy and I, oh, you guys are going. I'm like, that's your family? Get to get. No, you're going. I'm telling them you're going. I'm like, I ain't going. Man, she'd have fought me tooth and nail, but... She loved each and every one of you. All I'm going to tell you is trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. Are we making the most of our time? Let's pray. Father, you've encouraged our hearts with a life that has lived in and amongst our lives for so many years. Humanly speaking, Lord, I'll say it. It's just too short. It hurts. It's not fair. But God, you're amazing. 
And I'm asking under the sound of my voice today, because of a life lived within these people's lives by the direction and guidance and work of the Holy Spirit through Sharon Brown. Whatever it is I said today, I pray, Lord, that you would take it, minister it to these people that are here today. Perhaps there's somebody here right now, Lord, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, that they right there where they're seated would just say, Lord, save me. Be merciful to me, a sinner. Save me. So, Lord, you know. You know that at time. You appointed it. So I pray that there's somebody here today that would receive you as their Lord and personal Savior today and call upon your name, repent of their sins, and trust in you. And, Lord, I pray throughout this day, whether it's right here as we're leaving or going to the graveside or dinner here in just a little bit, that one of those people who received Christ would let somebody know, the family member know, and say, I received Jesus today. Pray with me. So, Father, we trust you because you're trustworthy. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart were pleasing to you and you alone. And that you would lead, guide, and direct in all that is done here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to ask Bob if he would come forward. He'll give us some closing instructions.